Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah. 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 Well, that's how you start a podcast. That's how professionals start their professional podcasts. That's their real big boy jobs. That's right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to uh, Knowledge Fight the Bastards. Yep. Uh, I'm Jordan. I am allegedly Robert Evans, but I'm I'm very tired right now and and making myself some coffee to get perked up. Uh, what do we? What do we? What do we? What do we? What What are we? <laughs> what are we? We're the, just stardust, the, man. The, the, the mm-hmm. big questions mm-hmm. are what we're going to deal with today. That's how you fucking cast a pod. Welcome out, to out the Behind gate. the Bastard the Smoke shit. Circle. Listen, mm-hmm. man, at the quantum level, we don't even know where our fucking electrons are, man. What are you? See, that's that, Jordan, that's the title of a whole podcast right there. <laughs> Can I recommend to you Reset Wars? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to blow your fucking mind. <laughs> it's the most important work someone's ever done. Mm-hmm. So speaking of blown minds, I think Alex's mind has been mind has been blown lately by the idea that there are consequences occasionally for saying things. That is true. It can happen. It it ha- it, it it appears to be in the process of happening. He seems to be in the finding out portion of the 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 fucking around. Um <laughs> and I guess that's what we're talking about today, is it not? Mr. Yeah. Dan? Yeah, definitely. And I would say in terms of that, he he got more than his share of fucking around. He like, he, he he certainly did. The he, ratio of finding out to fucking around is quite low. 
it's astonishing, really. Yeah, we. I mean, we're yet to see what the damages are in the cases that he's lost. But I mean, it could be a huge blow of finding out. Sure, but still, like, there's a lot of fucking around that didn't. I didn't mean, end up getting figured out. It's no. it's hard not to argue that he really could believe for a long stretch of time that he could fuck around without ever having to find out. Yeah. And he could probably convince himself that he was a charmed, uh, lucky person who like is untouchable yeah, because yeah. basically nothing ever. Like, and he and he was. That's yeah. a reasonable conclusion to come to yeah. until it really wasn't. Well, I mean, it's really safe to be like Hillary Clinton is a demon and Soros and and stuff because they're public figures and they're never going to take the time to respond to anything yeah. you say. And who among us has not insisted that Hillary Clinton is a demon in some form or another? I think two of the mm-hmm. three of us probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said that's in. <laughs> so, uh, Robert, we're going to talk a little bit about the lawsuits today. Yay! <laughs> um, this is exciting to me. This is very exciting to me because this is so rarely. I guess. I mean, there's the. You can view this in two ways. One of them is that. This is a rare case of a bastard actually getting their comeuppance, and it it continues to be beautiful to watch unfold. The less optimistic is to actually think about the raw amount of human effort that was necessary for Alex to kind of start to pay the price for the things he's been doing. Like, because we're pretty early in the finding out period, although we are we are starting to hit the fun part of that. It's <laughs> yeah, and I think the other thing that's kind of like sour grapes about it is that like. You know, he's going to find out, but it's not like he's going to learn his lesson. No, it's not possible. And everybody who listened to him and believed that he was saying something meaningful isn't going to find out along with him. No, it's kind of the disappointing uh, down to earth aspect of it. And at the same time, though, I mean, there's it's inarguable. Uh, I I mean, uh, you just had uh, Gareth and uh, Dave on from the dollop. Yeah. And I'm fairly certain that he said uh, on your show, like, there's something very satisfying about seeing a career grifter finally get his comeuppance. Yes. And it's it's impossible to argue that. Yeah. You know, it is it is nice when it happens. This exactly the one time that it's happened. Yeah. Right. There's that uh, catch me if you can kind of like that spirit that we love of. Of like, ooh, he's going to get away with it. But then yeah. also, at a certain point, you go too far. And ah, like, we want to see this. We got him! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So here yeah. we go. Alex is getting sued in multiple cases stemming from his coverage of Sandy Hook in both Texas and Connecticut. Uh, he recently settled a case where he was being sued over statements he made about Brennan Gilmore and the Unite the Right rally. He's also facing a, still facing a case where he's being sued for misidentifying a person named Marcel Fontaine as the Parkland shooter. He's lost all the Sandy Hook cases by default judgment, and at this point, it's just a matter of the jury deciding how much he owes in damages. It's just a money thing. The Texas cases go to trial on April 25th, and if I recall correctly, the Connecticut ones are set for, or I think it's just one case in Connecticut, it's set for this summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure when Fontaine goes to trial, but Alex is absolutely going to lose that case. Oh, for sure. 100%. He, he definitely did the thing, and his he is not taking any of it seriously which is fu- like a default judgment that's like i mean it's slightly more common than football games being called on account of unicorns right like it, it doesn't happen all <laughs> that often barely yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's super rare, except for in cases where people. Wasn't that just why the like, Bills lost all those Super Bowls? Is too many yeah. unicorns on the field? Yeah, one one year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think there were three in a row. <laughs> one was unicorns. One was trolls. Yeah, yeah. That Tom Brady got elevated to the quarterback yeah. of the Patriots because Doug Flutie was gored by a unicorn. It was brutal. It's dangerous. Yep. Yeah, he got on the business end. <laughs> if it weren't for unicorns, we wouldn't have to deal with that asshole. Mm. <laughs> So yeah, Kit Daniels, the guy who wrote the initial story that identified Fontaine as the shooter, sat for a deposition, and at many points he testified things that will read very similarly to a confession in a courtroom setting. So that one is Ooh, fun. That one's screwed for Alex. <laughs> There's no hope. There's not much more you can say other than if somebody murdered a guy and you said it in your deposition, yeah, he probably murdered that guy. And Alex told me to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not going to go well after that. Yeah. This so is think- what most lawyers would call inadvised. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the main misconceptions about the cases against Alex is that they're just about him asking questions about the Sandy Hook shooting, and that is just not the case. There's a lot of things that need to be unpacked, and the first is that the only reason that this case is able to be taken to court is because Owen Schroyer made videos. Uh, that, you know, One of them was claiming that it was not possible for Neil Heslin to have held his son after the shooting, and Alex covered Owen's video on his own show, and they did this in 2017. This was in response to Mr. Heslin appearing in an interview with Megyn Kelly discussing the conspiracy theories about his son's death, which obviously angered InfoWars. In concert... Yay. In concert with this, Erica Lafferty, whose mother was the principal of the school and died uh, in the shooting, uh, she made a public comment that Trump needed to publicly distance himself from Alex, someone who had traumatized her and many other families. Yeah. In response to both these things, Owen made videos attacking Heslin and Lafferty, which Alex re-aired. Other things that Alex had said in like 2015, for example, those would be outside the statute of limitations, but this re-airing of the claims made them fair game. It was a huge strategic error on Alex and Owen's part, but they've just gotten away with everything up to this point. Like we talked about, yeah. they fuck around all the time. Yeah. Why wouldn't it work? The yeah, idea sure. of a strategy is almost uh, anathema to them. Yeah. So making a strategic error is, uh, is something they feel is impossible to do, you mm-hmm. know? The second thing that's important to make clear is that Alex and Infowars were not just asking questions. They were promoting Wolfgang Halbig, who was actively harassing the family members of the victims of the shooting. They were helping Halbig raise money to fund his activities. They were painting uh, victims' family members like Lenny Posner as enemies of the First Amendment and publicly airing the address where he received his mail. They sent Dan Badandi, a reporter whose only talent is yelling and causing a scene, to Newtown, along with Wolfgang Halbig, where they harassed people affected by the shooting. Oh, yeah. This is okay. When you put it all together like that, it sounds like they were, you know, ghoulishly harassing the parents of murdered children. But yeah, what you're not (laughs) taking into account, Dan, is the content uh-huh yeah Wait, I, I i take into account the content no i think we've uh, we've nope. been uh, so uh, uh taking into account the content no 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 well <laughs> maybe we can talk about this uh on the next episode of my new show robert evans tracks down people who have lost loved ones in recent tragedies and heckles them from the street corner 
That's an interesting show. That's an interesting show. It, I am surprised the company's paying for it. Let me tell you. <laughs> I, think, I think it you might in the be room, able... the pitch didn't sound good. I'm going to be honest. There's a there is a small chance you would be able to pull this off as satire. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was yeah. the original pitch for uh, uh, H. John Benjamin's Dog Bites Man. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It would be funny to like, well, I don't know, funny may be the wrong word, but like as a bit to to make your thing be like create an Alex Jones conspiracy theory, but about like tuberculosis. You'd be like, you didn't lose your mom to TB. There's no such thing. Jokes on you, Alex. I saw a doctor in the woods dressed as a... There's absolutely no way you're going to get out of this without... (laughs) Yeah. Multiple times, Jordan has come up with, like, fake, dumb conspiracy ideas, and then, lo and behold, Alex... It is impossible. He says that. Yeah. Um, Okay. I think that there's just, like, this key distinction that needs to be made between what actually is going on and what they did and the whole idea that we were just asking questions. Because I think that that suckers a lot of people in who would be critical of Alex and Infor's actions if they understood the fuller picture of what they were engaged in. So basically, we have a number of episodes. Uh, It's a series we called Formulaic Objections uh, because uh, in the first one, (laughs) Alex's lawyer keeps saying objection form. Yeah. yeah, And so we (laughs) came up with the name that way. But we have a bunch of those, and those are long form deconstructions of the, the depositions themselves. But I've brought some clips from these depositions that I thought would be particularly interesting or relevant uh to enjoy to be mm-hmm. to be upfront uh this is a very condensed version because we have roughly uh i think six formulaic objections I think so yeah and a Jesus. total of at least 20 to 24 hours between those episodes yeah probably so, so if if you're like oh they weren't they weren't as granular as they could have been you're goddamn right we weren't <laughs> The the <laughs> depositions themselves are like six hours long, yeah, exactly. six, seven hours long. Um, so yeah, I I am gonna jump in. Are you are you prepared? I am. I am. Well, that may be putting it a little strong, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that happens throughout the depositions that Alex is in is he has claims that he's made repeated to him, and the question obviously is, where did this come from? Can you yeah. back this claim up? And for someone like Alex, he everything he says is right. He's totally uh, always right. He yeah. studies, he researches things. So this shouldn't be a real problem for him in a setting where it's like, you finally have your opportunity to prove things. Under oath. Yeah, yeah this is your moment, bro. Yeah, exactly. And consistently, he has no idea and nothing. Like, he just has nothing. Never heard of Sandy Hook. So in this first clip I have here, it has to do with a claim that Alex made that Bloomberg had sent out an email just before the Sandy Hook shooting. I think even the night before, he says, to all of his people to get ready because something big is going to happen and they need to get their gun control agenda uh, squared away. So here is a question about uh, his source like uh, on that email. Let's talk about that Bloomberg email that comes up. This idea that there was an email sent the day before Sandy Hook saying, get ready, next 24 hours, there's going to be a big event. That email, you've been asked for that email, and you say you don't have it, right? We were, we, we were covering reports of the email that was sent out to the activist groups that had been in the news. Where were you covering it? What do you mean, were you covering it? Um, 
we were covering the reports of them activating their their their, their anti gun rights organization. Okay. Well, see, here's the thing, Mr. Jones. At first, I thought there must be some email coincidentally sent on the day before Sandy Hook that Bloomberg or his people sent that you must be willfully misinterpreting or something like that. But the problem is nobody who's looked at this has been able to find any evidence that such an email has ever existed. And I want to know if you can explain <laughs> Well, I'm just not taking your assertion that that's the case. Well, I'm asked, that's why I've asked you questions in discovery. And you haven't been able to produce that email to me, have you? Well, you guys were asking if we have an email in our emails. Mm -hmm. I was reporting on other news reports about an alert <laughs> they put out to their group. All right. Could you find those reports if you need? Could you identify your source? Um, well, I mean, A, you can hold back a source if you want to, but I, I, mean, I remember being online. I can try to go find that again. What do you mean you can hold back a source if you want to? What does that mean? I, I, mean, you, I mean, if I have a confidential source on something, I'm allowed to hold back the confidential source for their protection, but I, that's not what's happened in this case. I remember the news articles about it that we reported on. So you could find those, right? I should be able to. Okay. So this was in his 2019 deposition. <laughs> Let's remember. Wow. This is three years ago. He has had plenty of time to find this email. Yes. And so here is him in the tw uh, December 2021 <laughs> uh, deposition being asked about this again. <laughs> Do you remember we talked in that last deposition about the Bloomberg email? Where, where Bloomberg sent an email out to his people, said, get ready in the next 24 hours, there's going to be a big event. You remember that? That was a news story, yeah. Yeah, and then we talked about it for a while, because you had brought that up to me. You were like, look, I don't have the email itself. That was something I was reporting on. I had There was a story about it, and I was reporting on it. You remember that? I do. And then you remember you told me you could find it for me, right? Yeah, I believe I said that. And then you never gave it to me. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Bankson, you don't really inhabit much in my mind. <laughs> I know, you don't have much respect for any of this process, do you? Uh, you None of it. I don't think you have respect for America or anything. <laughs> mm, okay, that's an, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting move, Cotton. Let's see how that plays for him. <laughs> yeah. You know, you gotta, you got to lash out a little bit when... Uh, <laughs> You have been, uh, over years, uh, unable to produce <laughs> the nonsense source that you have for, for this claim. And I think that that's characteristic of a lot of the ways that they, you know, obviously the, uh, the questioning is like, where did this stuff come from? Where, where were, what were you working off of? And it's just, there's an, an inability to even like pretend yeah. that his reporting is based on anything. Right. Robert, do you have a favorite show that, or like a favorite episode of a favorite show that you can rewatch over and over and over oh, again? Oh, yeah. I mean, for yeah. sure. A bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's Cowboy Bebop. And there's this episode, Speak Like a Child, that's almost uh, like dialogue less, you know, and it's just this great soundtrack. And I can watch it over and over and over again. And I feel that way for the first time about a deposition. Like <laughs> I can watch Alex get dismantled by Mark Bankston over mm. and over and over again without ever getting bored. It's you, you just don't get moments like these. For you like don't terrible people where it's just uh like all it, it's almost like he's it's almost like cosmic judgment. 
It's like it's like seeing somebody before an omnipotent judge that's just like, no, this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is what you did, right? And he just has he's, to like, he's in front of fucking Anubis with yeah, scales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's something else. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Check out this fucking feather. It weighs a million pounds, and it's still not heavy enough. You mm-hmm. piece of shit. <laughs> So what you you noticed there how Alex when he was sort of backed into a corner lashes out and he's like you don't care I about didn't the, that. Yeah. America um, he does that a bit uh, in these deposition settings and when confronted about some of these ideas about Sandy Hook one of the things he does in these depositions I think is probably terribly uh, advised really bad decision is to sort of imply that he still thinks Sandy Hook was fake <laughs> again bold second of all. You, Mr. Jones, you understand this jury is going to watch the videos of you saying unequivocally, not I see how people could think this, but unequivocally saying Sandy Hook is completely old. No, Mr. Jones, you don't get to interrupt me. You understand that, sir? You're here to answer (laughs) questions for this jury. And I want you to listen to the questions. You know this jury is going to watch videos of you saying multiple times, over and over again, Sandy Hook is completely fake, completely synthetic. It is not real, right? And you're going to sit here in this chair and say, oh, actually what I said, actually what I said is I could see how some other people could think it was fake. You know the jury's going to see those videos, and you know they're going to hear your words. Do you think that they should take you seriously whatsoever when they can see you saying the things you said you didn't say? I know. Objection form. Go ahead and answer the question. I know that the jury is going to say, I always heard that people are innocent until proven guilty, not guilty until proven how guilty they choose, and that the system is actually scared for me to put on evidence. The truth is, deep down, I have still have real questions about Sandy Hook and, and a lot of the anomalies and oh the weird stuff that's going on. Love it. And the CIA visiting Adam Lanza before it happened and the FBI, that was in the mainstream news, and just uh, all the bizarreness that went on. The public still has real questions, just like they do about Jesse Smollett or the Roe v. Wade baby that never actually died or WMDs in Iraq or just the Gulf of Tonkin or Operation Northwoods uh, or Bubba Wallace or, or, you know, so many of these things that have happened. Most of these hate crimes and type things end up being false flags. So I still... Uh, when I look at events, question it and say, could this could this be staged? And we look for telltale signs. So, yeah, his mind always retreats back to like hate crimes are fake. Yeah, that is that is kind of a mm-hmm. uh, safe harbor for him. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 it, it, it is interesting to see him kind of go back to what he considers base, you know, like a kid playing a uh, tag or something. But with, you know, yeah, like you have racism. Mm-hmm. You know what else is like the game tag, but with racism? No, that's not a good way to lead it. <laughs> well, it's time for ads anyway, so here's some fucking ads. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. 
Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back! <laughs> Indeed. Here's some... Mm-hmm. Fucking ass. <laughs> hey, we listen, did. dickwads. Buy some shit or die. I don't yeah, hey, fuck. motherfuckers. Get a bed. <laughs> buy a fucking mattress. You already got a mattress. I don't give a shit. Put it somewhere. <laughs> Put it on the fucking floor and use it as a chair. God damn it. You, you, you fucking you, cowards. If you have a mattress, I bet it didn't come in as small of a box as this one. Yeah. <laughs> get really abusive like what is it dick's last resort where the wait staff gets to curse at you or whatever <laughs> yeah isn't that, it ed debevix ed debevix is a uh, chicago one uh, oh yeah. sorry, sorry i think there's a i think every town has their version of that we had a couple <laughs> friends some places are... it's just waffle house <laughs> <laughs> kid rock yeah 
It's a boxing ring. <laughs> mm. So here's another clip of Alex uh, retreating to basically just saying, like, Sandy Hook is probably actually fake. Can you now just admit that for the jury that you said them? They're going to see the videos. Can you well, sure. They, and they should investigate Sandy Hold Hook on. themselves. Objection, objection form. They should look into it themselves and see why people ask questions. You're you, hope they, you hope they don't. No, I really hope they don't. <laughs> That's not going to play well. <laughs> in a courtroom i don't think <laughs> what if do you I were know? a juror yeah. Robert. <laughs> i don't think yeah i don't think that's gonna i don't think that's gonna fly dan i just don't think that's gonna do great for him <laughs> all right your honor i recognize that you have already found me guilty in a oddly uh, specific circumstance that happens once a hundred years However, have you considered that maybe all of you are wrong and I've been right the whole time? Mm-hmm. Hmm? Yeah. I was in the room bold. when he said that and I almost <laughs> gasped. <laughs> it was very hard to like hold in my like, oh, that's a bad idea. Yeah. That's why I was not invited. Yeah. <laughs> so this next clip is actually a little bit longer because like some of these deposition clips obviously are like questions and answers. And so they they... They can they can be a bit bit longer, but I think that this is something that's that's kind of relevant and it's worth it. And this is this is an uh, Mark, the attorney, asking Alex about uh, an email that Wolfgang Halbig sent to a family member uh, of one of the victims at Sandy Hook, and Alex's response to it. Mm. And then I'm going to go ahead and read this email to you. It says Nick and Laura Phelps did a great job acting in Newtown on Newtown, Connecticut on December 14th, 2012. I visited their home today at 1924 Westover Reserve Boulevard, Windmere, Florida, 34786. And thanks to Lieutenant Van Gailey telling me during my wellness check of Nick and Laura Phelps that they no longer live in Newtown, Connecticut, and that they are now and they are now Richard and Jennifer Sexton. Guess what? He is totally right, and can you believe it that my Newtown Police Department guided me in the right direction? They have a beautiful home with a three-car garage. They were not home today, but the good news was that the three adult female moms with their children standing outside their homes observed me and wanted to know what I was doing. It was spring break. It is spring break for Orange County, Florida school children. Oh, I showed boy. them this picture and I told them that I did not want to go to the wrong house to surprise Nick and Laura from Newtown, Connecticut, a.k.a. Richard and Jennifer Sexton today. It took a few minutes for them to look at the pictures. And then when they asked why I wanted to speak to them, I told them that I had been in Newtown and wanted to surprise them since they now live in Florida. They asked for my name, which I gave them as Wolfgang Halbig. They told me how I would know them, knew them, and I told them that they have, they have been on the national news, so I wanted to meet them again. Our conversation was all about Newtown, Connecticut. So she said, do you mind if I text her? I said, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Waited about 10 minutes, only to learn that they did not know me, which surprised me. They verified the pictures, and why would she text them about Newtown, Connecticut, and that someone from there wanted to visit if they, had, if they were not Nick and Laura Phelps now, Richard and Jennifer Sexton. At first, I did not want to enter since it is a gated community, but several people told me just go on in there. There is no security guard at the gates. If there is CCTV, they will see me being told to go in, and that is the only reason or I would not have entered. Now, who says law enforcement does not know what they are doing? Thank you, Newtown, Connecticut Police Department. Can you turn the document over? 
First of all, read that email correctly? Yes. Okay. And then on the back, you see there's a picture here, right? Yes. And at the top, it says Sandy Hook hoax actors, correct? Yes. And it has arrows pointing to the Phelps, right? Yes. And then at the bottom, it says playing the part of grief-stricken parents, correct? Yes. This is a horrible email, isn't it? I've never seen this email, and it's... Um, yes, I don't like this email, and again, this is someone else, Wolfgang Halbig, after I'd already clearly knew that he cracked up, and so that's, that's, that's not my work. The next question that's wow. asked is about how Alex did a video after this, yeah. repeating Wolfgang Halbig's claims. <sighs> yeah. Um, so yeah, mm. that's some of the reality of what the like people yeah. who were being promoted by Alex and Alex was helping them raise money for their activities. These were the things that Wolfgang Halbig was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough to it's tough to listen to, not it least which because it's so long, but at the same time, like it is part of the it yeah. is part of the length of it that is the torture as well yeah. of like, no, there's no way you can continue going on. And everything he does is just another fucking shovel full of dirt in the grave of misery. And yeah. it's just a fucking awful. Yeah. I mean, it's it's literally like when you actually peel back and think about what's going on here, a a crank is stalking people whose children were killed. Um, hey, and- but at least he's getting paid for it. Alex is paying him because all he cares about is that it, it fills airtime, you know? And maybe it'll get him talked about on the news, which 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 brings in traffic. Well, it's, at very least, if Alex, if Alex isn't paying him, he's promoting the yeah. uh, organization that uh, takes donations that Wolfgang is running. So, you know, indirect payment. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's just disgusting. Um, so, But Alex at least has the kind of base intelligence of being able to be like that suck hey uh, yeah, yeah, okay now even i when listening to that like you almost want him to say even i mm-hmm. you know like yeah. at least an admittance of like listen i don't believe shit but this is bad you would expect me to be thrilled by yeah, this. exactly you would expect me to say this is great um, so one of the reasons that Alex ended up getting the default judgment was because he kept sending incompetent and unprepared people to be the corporate representative for the company. He sent Rob Dew twice and he couldn't answer any of the questions. And then he sent Daria Karpova, who's one of his off air talents at Infowars. And she was actually asked about this exact same email that we just heard. And in contrast to Alex's response, here's what she thought of it. That email doesn't creep you out. You personally. Objection form. Creep me out the way you're reading it, yes. It doesn't creep you out to have Wolfgang Hobbit showing up at these people's houses and describing their three-car garage and all that stuff? Accusing them of being people they're not actually are? That doesn't that doesn't have any you know, any strong feelings one way or another on that. Traction form. Correct? Are you asking my personal opinion? Yeah, your personal opinion. Um, strikes me as a passionate man who's doing an investigation, something he believes in his own heart and wants to get to the bottom of. Thank you, Ms. Carpova. She's terrifying. She scares me so much. I've listened to that clip. How many times have you played that for me? Like four? I don't know. Yeah. Once in the episode. <laughs> a few, a few, once now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, it's, she's terrifying. It's... Yeah. 
it's bizarre to be able to hear those words almost like because in that email wolfgang's almost like relishing the telling of like i was in their space yeah it's it's sick yeah and to hear like the response from alex is the socially appropriate response and then from daria it's the yeah 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 i mean trying to rationalize super creepdom if, if 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 you've ever seen a horror movie, one of those found footage horror movies where somebody has like that personal camera and they just continue looking at somebody while they're asleep, and you're aware that nobody else knows about this, and this is a first person look, that is terrifying. And you can see Daria being like, "Well, I mean, it's just a good idea to keep an eye on them while they're asleep, right? You know, yeah. you don't want them to have. What if they have uh, sleep apnea?" You might you might be in trouble, and that's why you need to constantly videotape strangers' kids while they sleep. Because what if they get hurt? There's something to be said. Look, <laughs> you're joking about that, but I do support. No, you know what? That's not even a good. That, that's <laughs> know, not a right? good bit to start. Even, that we don't we don't we don't need that bit. We don't need that bit. services. services. Yeah, we don't need that bit. You know yeah, who else okay. watches you while you're asleep? <laughs> well, yes, actually, some of our sponsors, but. <laughs> that, that, that is why people pay for them listen what's yeah, good good <laughs> so um one of the things that uh, is a hallmark of alex's discussion about his lawsuits is that uh, like he did everything right and he's just getting jammed up and it's it's a complete setup and, and a fraud um and so this this clip uh from his deposition uh is a really interesting glimpse into how he seems to not even be aware of how he didn't do anything he was asked to do you've repeatedly said that this this court process this lawsuit what just happened Mm -hmm. is all a sham because you turned everything over and that court still defaulted you anyway right um, yes, uh, Owen Schroyer, you never sent him one deposition, one document request, one thing, and he was defaulted along with me. And if that isn't fraud, then nothing is. Okay, hold on. I'm, I may have to pull this order for you. Because... <laughs> Do you understand that in Ms. Nielhessen's case, there was a court order requiring Owen Schroyer to appear for deposition? Do you know that? I know he appeared for a deposition. To yesterday. I after. Yesterday. You asked for it after the default. No, sir, Mr. Jones. Do you understand that there was an order in August 31st, 2018, e- asking Mr. Dad, requiring Owen Schroyer to appear for deposition? Did you know that? I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you didn't know that. <laughs> so you got on your show without even knowing what the discovery was. Did yeah, so Alex, is, it's it's uh, when confronted with reality, doesn't even know the things he has failed to do. Yeah, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a constant source of enjoyment for for him I, to be like the the. All right, Alex, you know that this happened, and he's like, ah, this happened like a few months ago. I don't, I don't remember a goddamn bit of it. It's just it's just amazing that a person it, can exist like this. It's fun too to think. At some someday we will learn how much money he spent on these lawyers. I do believe that information will get out one of these days, probably because they are they're just not doing a thing for him. Like Can- not that not that they could, not that he would listen, but <laughs> he he doesn't. He's not getting his money's worth. I'll say that much. Well, the, the conversely, I'd like to propose that possibly they're doing everything for him. Yeah, in terms of creating a pretense of like i had incompetent lawyers i could have won these cases yeah 
Like he has the that to fall back on. Uh, Although to that trick works his better when you don't repeatedly have the lawyers as guests on your show. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. Barnes did have his own show for a little yeah, while. And give one of them their own show, yes. Well, one thing that we, I don't know if it's in a later clip. Woke insurance? Uh, no. no. No, no, no. Fuck Norm Pattis uh, forever. Um, no, one thing later on is Bill will eventually say directly to... Uh, uh, was it Owen Troyer? He was like, hey, are you going to sue your lawyers after this? Because, it, it, look, I'm deposing you, and it's my advice that you sue your lawyers after this. <laughs> I don't think they over. have adequately prepared you for what totally. you need to be doing. What's even funnier about that is that the reason he's saying it is to remind them that should they win a lot of money from their lawyers... That money will be going to the Sandy Hook. Yeah. <laughs> that would be considered an asset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are mm-hmm. going to take that as well. Yeah, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think awesome. I don't think it's impossible that they could do a malpractice. Oh lawsuit. no! Yeah, no. They've got it. They've got a chance. Yeah. So um, one of the things that uh, has been a hallmark of these cases that uh, Infowars has been subject to is that. They don't seem to know what they're giving the lawyers in discovery. Um, there was the child pornography that was sure. in the stuff, the, the emails that they turned over to right. the Connecticut uh, people. And then in this case, there was something that is unexplainable uh, that they had that they turned over. It's fair to say that Leonard Posner and free speech systems have had an unfriendly relationship over the years. No, I, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't really follow what he does. So, <laughs> okay. you know, shows about him. So you do follow him, correct? I mean, I, I don't. You have to refresh my memory. So, I will refresh your memory about what you know about Mr. Potter. I'm going to show you what Marxists did at five. Have you ever seen that before? No, not that I remember. What is it? That's the sole document you produced to me just a couple, I guess, a month or two ago <laughs> in regard to discovery request for any documents you had regarding Mr. Posner. That's the sole document that was in that folder labeled Posner. That's it. And that, you will agree with me, appears to be a very large, looks to be about 187-page comprehensive background report on Mr. Posner. Correct? <clears throat> Oh, I never ran a background report on Posner. I'm not, I've never, I've never even seen this. I understand that you probably never even saw that. Did someone I, email us this and then we opened it? So- I don't know, Mr. Jones. You gave it to me. What am I supposed to tell you about it? I don't know. You gave, you tell me. That's what I'm <laughs> I, 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 wow. I, I mean, we just go through the email, most of it even unopened, and just send you guys everything. This you, isn't an email, is it? <laughs> I would imagine. I've never run a background thing on Bosner. Right. Okay. Well, one thing we can agree on, because you look at the bottom of that document, it says FSSTX.085544, correct? Yeah. That's the basic numbers y'all use when you give me documents, right? Mm-hmm. So this document right here came from Infowars Corporate Files. I thought you said we haven't given you any documents. I've said we didn't. <laughs> you said we didn't get, we were defaulted. We gave you nothing. We didn't even respond. You gave me documents in the Lewis case in response to documents. Okay, well, had. I mean, I, listen, I, I mean, I'm just telling you, I've never looked at this. That's not what I'm asking you, Mr. Jones. I'm but I remember <laughs> just the news about somebody in Florida doing a background thing on him, and so I figure... 
Somebody might have sent us this. I'm just guessing. I, I, I shouldn't guess. I don't do, know. Yeah, do you think you should be guessing? In this <laughs> no, I just said, you're right. I, I okay. don't know what this is. So let's not do that anymore. That is upsetting. <laughs> That's my favorite. My wow. favorite part of the deposition really has to just be like, you sent this to me. Yeah. I didn't come to you with a 187 page background check yeah. on Letty Posner. Where did this come from? You tell me, man. You tell me. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the creepier things that uh, I think you find in this depos- these depositions is that InfoWars turned over this extensive background check on one of the parents of one of the kids that died uh, at Sandy Hook. And no one seems to know where it came from or why it's in their files. Because it wasn't in an email. No. It was in their files. No, it was in their files that they sent. Yeah. I can't I can't stress enough how no one wild knows. that is. That you can be a, a, a <laughs> essentially being sued out of oblivion. And then at the same time be like, yeah, we'll just send him everything and I'm not going to check. Nobody was like, hey, this 187-page background check on Lenny Posner. It's got, like, associates, addresses, and family members. It's not going to play well. Yeah. Yeah. That that, uh, is is really creepy. Yeah. Ugh. You ever done a background (sighs) report on anybody, uh, uh, Robert? You have Uh, any enemies that you need to do background checks on? I mean, I haven't done a background. I've I have done background checks on on my enemies, but but not that kind of background (laughs) check. This podcast is essentially me doing that. No, no, (laughs) that sounds tiring. Yeah, Uh, your biggest background check so far has been Kissinger. Obviously, we finally we finally nailed him to the wall. We got him. Yeah, this is the, it's the end of his career. We, we did it. Canceled. It yes. only took 90-ish years. Yeah. Well. I feel like the jury was out until the podcast yeah, series. Yeah. Then, Thank God. It finally tipped the balance for me. It's like, I don't know if this guy's uh, good news. You know what? I'm starting to think yeah. this guy might have some bad qualities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just, I mean, it's something that I don't think is going to be solved by this case. No matter what happens. I don't know if anyone will ever publicly know why they had that background check. It, yeah. It's infuriating. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. who yeah, did it? That is. Yeah. There's a I lot mean, of unanswered questions there. You know, you would have to think that it was some sort of private investigator, right? Pro- one would probably presume. or some firm. I mean, yeah. if it's 187 pages, it's not like he went to the FBI and was yeah, like, oh, he didn't, they've, they've he didn't only do bought an one online gun. thing, right? Like, yeah. He didn't just yeah. file like for a, a criminal record. Like somebody stalked a motherfucker. Right. So somebody yeah. out Alex, there. One of Alex's uh, like bodyguards is ex Blackwater. Yeah, prob- that's true. He may have some like shady connections. Yeah, no, totally. I, but that I, does mean that there's somebody out there who put this background report together and could 100% just be like, hey, man, I'm the weirdo that did this shit. You know? You'd hope there'd be some kind of forensic fingerprint somewhere, but. Or, sure. I mean, I, I don't know. Do we know if it's accurate? Because, like, is it possible somebody just grifted Alex? <laughs> Somebody and wrote, wrote 180 somebody pages wrote of bullshit. Fucking Douglas Adams novel about yeah. Lenny Posner. <laughs> that would be something. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be do it. I think Alex would fall for it. Um, but um, that seems like a lot of effort. Lenny Posner yeah. has never left his towel at home, though. So there is that. Mm-hmm. So I've got a, a little bit of Owen Schroyer's deposition to jump to. He oh, yeah. uh, is involved in the case because. 
he did a, um, a video where he was hosting the fourth hour or not the fourth hour. It was, he was hosting uh, in Alex's place on a Sunday show mm. and someone gave him an article um, and, and some videos where he just decided, uh, Hey, we're going to report this as Neil Heslin couldn't have held his, right. his uh, child. <laughs> and one of the things that uh, Owen is very clear about is like someone gave me this news to cover i didn't i didn't check it or anything mm-hmm. um and uh, this is a clip where uh bill ogden the other attorney in the case um uh, has to help owen realize that he is a puppet i don't know who edited that video right it could have been someone in our house it could have been someone else on the internet that they found right you know what had, you know what we can't agree on nobody fact-checked it Nobody just said, oh, man, that's crazy. When did he say this? Google up the interview and watch it. It's 20 minutes. I didn't plan on covering the story that day, so I had no preconceived notion that I would even have to do that. I know, Mr. Schroyer, you're here because you were a puppet. You would agree with me, right? <laughs> no. You, 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 you don't agree with me that you, that you... You know what a puppet is, correct? Yes. A puppet is uh, <laughs> a, 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 an object that is used... To convey a message, but somebody else is actually controlling the message. Mm-hmm. You understand sure. that? Yes. Right. You were conveying a message, right? True? Yes. Somebody else was controlling that message. True? No. No. Who, who was controlling the message that you were putting out? Uh, were well, you in control? What was the message you're referring to? <laughs> that the coroner said he never released the children ever. Because that's the story you ran with. Who was in control of that information? If you weren't, because you already said you weren't in control of it, who was? Somebody has to be. Whoever originally posted the video. Right. (laughs) So someone else had control, and you were conveying the message. We just established that you were the puppet that day. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to be derogatory. (laughs) (laughs) It's analogous to where we are now. You would agree. I think if anybody is being used as a puppet, it would be the people who are reporting the stories. And I'm just showing that information. You were reporting the story, Mr. Schroyer. So you weren't I, showing the information. I, you were reporting. If I cover, so if I just pick up anybody's news source and cover it, does that make me a puppet? So if you don't fact check it, absolutely. Okay, then I guess then I guess I'm a puppet of zero hedge in this case. No, that's actually not true. You're a puppet of iCoin Bank. Okay. So Owen's a puppet. The, uh, <laughs> it's tough to have to look in the mirror like that mm-hmm. to to uh to see that yeah it is fun that we have bill uh on the case just because you could definitely see a lot of lawyers being like well i'm just gonna drop the puppet comment mm-hmm. i mean it's not like yeah. the puppet conversation adds a ton to the case but bill is like listen i am gonna get you to say that you're a fucking puppet if it kills me and i'm gonna win <laughs> God, that's satisfying. That just <laughs> num 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 num. That just feels feels good. Feels good to have in the world. Well, someone um, who brands themselves as like the destroyer of cucks and yeah. such. It's it's, well, it's it is. It, they're such. They're all such. Owen, especially. This is less the case with, with really Alex, but like Owen is very much cut in that right wing like debate guy personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of them actually like debate. All they know how to do is have. You know, they have media training. They understand how things like look on film and they understand how to get sound bites and they just kind of go out to surprise people and get sound bites. And Owen can't edit this. He can't cut it apart. He can't end the interaction and he just gets revealed 
as the the hollow man that he truly is. And it's it's mwah. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that's what's so compelling, especially for me, about these like these glimpses, these depositions that you know you get this side of the these folks yeah. that they they aren't uh, in control of. Yeah, and it it's a disaster. Yeah, now and listening to it sick. gives you such a like Thanksgiving dinner feel where you don't even want to say anything; you just want to like loosen your belt mm. and lean back and be like, "Ah, oh, yeah. I'm full. Just that really was relax. a delicious meal. I just got to eat there. It's tryptophan." <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned that Owen Schroyer's nickname is the Cuck Slayer. You know what else slays cucks? What's that? The products and services that support this podcast. What? Hmm. <laughs> It's fine. It's like a kink thing. (laughs) The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, we're back and we're talking about cucks. We have been, yes. Are, yeah. you, you but not the fun here. kind that everybody enjoys from uh, occasion to occasion, you know, like that. What what that, type is that? I mean, you <laughs> know, you like about? sometimes that kind of sense of debasement can uh-huh. be a sexual pleasure that many people have. Sure. You know, like, like yeah. in a controlled environment to feel as though one is, sure, it's, uh, it's you a, know, a, inferior can be a turn on for many people. Okay. Yeah, this yeah, is not that. That's why Elon right. Musk stays on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about Owen Troyer. Yes, completely yeah. different kind of cuck destroyer. For sure, for sure. <laughs> so one of the things that's that's a lot of fun uh, throughout these depositions is you 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 get to witness people learning stuff about the company they work for and the people around them. Um, I think that sometimes this is fairly genuine. Um, as is the case in this this clip where Owen gets to learn uh, about uh, some people who might like mass shooters. Michael Zimmerman, do you know who he is? Yes. Is he? Are you friends with him? I would say we're friends, but I mean, we don't hang out or talk that often. Sure. But <laughs> sure. You're friend, you have a somewhat <laughs> professional and personal. If I saw him in public, I'd go say hello. Sure. Okay. Um, does he seem like a good guy? Yeah. And I'd oppose him. He came off very respectful. Uh, he was a pro- he was shockingly nice um, for a white nationalist. Uh-huh. <laughs> would has he ever shared any of his opinions or views on mass shootings with you? Not that I can recall. Okay. Were you aware that? Do you, do you remember the Christchurch shooting, New Zealand? Yes. Christchurch, New Zealand shooting. It was yes. live streamed. Yes. Um, Brandon Tarrant was the shooter. He executed a bunch of Muslims at a mosque. Some, you, you yeah, familiar? you're refreshing the, the, the details of the event for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know whether or not anyone at InfoWars claimed it was a false flag? No, I'm unaware. Okay. Did you know that some individuals at InfoWars liked that shooting? No. Did you know, um, you understand that Michael Zimmerman handles the IT stuff for InfoWars? Objection form. I know that he was doing IT. I'm not sure if that is still his role. Did you know that on March 14th, 2019, Mr. Zimmerman registered the domain TarrantManifesto.com? Oh, boy. No. Did you know that he registered the website shooterchan.org? Oh boy. Did you know you know who Timothy Thrift is? Yes. Do you have a personal relationship with him? Work acquaintance. 
Okay. Did you know that he registered the website SaintTarrant.com? No, boy. After the shooter, Brandon Tarrant. Mm. How do you feel about the people that you work with who you have somewhat of a personal relationship registering these type of websites immediately after a mass shooting that was live streamed to the world? Pretty surprised. I, I think that's a surprising thing. I would, it yeah. would be surprising. Yeah, you really don't ever want to be asked in court, are you aware that your coworker made the website Shooter Chan? <laughs> that is that is just not a question you want to get asked. Really ever, but especially yeah. Yeah, not a question you want to be asked. It, it makes the argument tougher um when there's multiple people who are like like making websites that are presumably about celebrating a mass shooter to to argue that you're not engaged in some form of stochastic terrorism. Hey, a bunch of your friends yeah. worked at Auschwitz. How do you feel about that? Did you know that they were because that maybe that would kind of suggest that you're also it's it's a bad it's a bad thing to be yeah. surprised by. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, maybe it's better to be surprised yeah. by it. <laughs> Yeah, if he was like, oh, yeah, of course I knew that. I go there all He's the time. He's my buddy. <laughs> I have an account on there. Yeah, I guess that'd be worse. I think what's fun about that, though, is that exemplifies one of the, the things that is uh, uh, consistent throughout all of the InfoWars depositions is like a weird caginess about 100% the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, like, like whether or not we're friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll yeah. be like, hey, you know, I don't know. Is the sky blue today? Like, you don't even know the answer to that. Well, yeah, I killed those guys. But like, is the sky? And you're like, no, no, no. You're wrong, man. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um. So uh, the like I like I mentioned uh, earlier, the the one of the reasons, the primary reason, eh, one of the primary reasons. That Alex ended up losing these cases by default was sending these people who couldn't handle uh, being corporate representatives. When they are sent as corporate representatives, they're supposed to testify as the company. Yeah. So there is a responsibility that they have to prepare, get all their their business in order, and have a basic know. understanding of the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're supposed to I mean they're given a list of topics that they're supposed to testify on on behalf of the company, things like, you know, personnel, the uh, who worked on this video, what are the sources for this video, those kinds of things. Yeah. And they have whiffed it every single time. It has been a disaster. Um Rob do when he was in, it was funny because he was wearing a Kangol hat and <laughs> he just seemed scared and confused. I, I really, while you're asking me these questions, what I would like you to start with is treat me more like a fourth grader who doesn't know what business means. Could you begin at the like, what is money? Mm. See, he, he was, he's a lot of fun, but unfortunately there's not a lot of like, things you can really pull from it that really exemplify his stupidity. Yeah. Um, it's a really, Oh, it's more of a totality. Right. Right. That, that kind of exemplifies what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, Daria, when she was testifying as the corporate representative, I think there's a bit more stuff that, that sticks out as like, this is someone testifying on behalf of the company and this is a mess. Yeah. So she had brought in a folder full of exhibits that she wanted to discuss in the course of uh, the deposition. 
And here is Mark uh, bringing up the first one. I've marked this as 1A. You recognize that, correct? Yes. That's a document that you reviewed prior to this deposition, right? Correct. That is the Wikipedia entry for false flag, correct? Yes. Okay. Can you tell me why you looked at this document? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I thought it would be a good idea to bring it as a reference to um, some of the points for topic number one. If I could have the list of topics that would help me to identify the exhibits. I understand what you're saying. In fact, let's do that. So, yeah, she brought a bunch of Wikipedia printouts. <laughs> that's good. Uh, no, no, that's good. That shows like a willingness to engage with the. <laughs> no, 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 of course. <laughs> that's the beauty of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, I, like, <laughs> just like with the, the background report, except for way funnier. It's just like. It's, it's very funny because it's like, it's, it's both like incredibly like deeply irresponsible and also like something uh, your grandma might do. Totally. Like, I heard you had a big case today, honey. I was looking some <laughs> things up online and I decided to. <laughs> Listen, I wanted to support you in your uh, your skits. I really mm-hmm. wanted to. But it's also it's like something that would, yeah. uh, it would fail a high school paper. Oh, if you it were. sure would. Yes. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a bad look and uh, it was befuddling. Uh, the, <laughs> mm-hmm. You have the printout of Wikipedia for a false flag. <laughs> God, Why did you bring this to me? Is such a is such mm-hmm. a consistent question that all of the depositions have of like we you know we asked you for specific things. Yeah, you could have brought those, and we could have dealt with that. Instead, you brought me a Wikipedia page. So let's figure out why this makes you even more guilty than you were yesterday. I am. So, so Daria, as the company, was supposed to testify about these videos that are in the plaintiff's petition, and it was pretty clear at the beginning of the deposition that she had not actually watched them, um, but then later in the deposition, she appeared to have watched some of them, and so this exchange uh, happens. Mm-hmm. You see there, it's talking about an April 22nd, 2017 video called Sandy Hook Vampires Exposed. Yes. You understand that that is the video that Mr. Posner and Mrs. De La Rosa based their defamation claim on? Did you know that? Okay. Did you know uh, that? When preparing for this depot, did you know that? Yes. Okay. Did you watch that video? I mean, unless you've watched it in the last couple hours, you haven't watched it, right? For this deposition? I'm familiar with the video. Did you watch it in preparing for this deposition, though? <laughs> yes, I believe so. Okay. When did you watch it? Uh, earlier today. Earlier today. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, so during the break, when it became apparent that you hadn't watched these videos, you went and tried to watch this video. Yes. Mm-hmm. You didn't watch the whole thing, though, did you? No. It's a, it's a, <laughs> right? It's a lengthy video. Yeah, so you didn't watch this video. You watched pieces of this video, correct? Correct. How many pieces did you watch? How many minutes total did you watch of this video? Did not count. So this is the level of respect that the people who are the corporate representatives for InfoWars are showing the proceedings. It's it's bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's um I feel like I could have done a better job representing InfoWars. Yes, one hundred percent. And I want the worst for them. Yes, one hundred percent. No, your your testimony just, would have been more effective at keeping them yeah. from receiving a default judgment yeah. than their own. 
just because of like my basic sense of politeness. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in total fairness, just for the sake of clarity, this the Daria deposition was after the default judgment. So okay, the, okay. this Fair didn't enough. contribute yeah. to that, sure, although sure, sure. it did bring sanctions. Yeah. It's, so. <laughs> it is certainly evidence of why the default judgment happened. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, yeah. and listening to it is a little bit, if you've ever had that friend who just lies about everything for no reason, mm-hmm. not necessarily a friend, but like the person you knew i've met a guy like yeah that. yeah totally yeah. and and then just to see somebody have to like no longer can dissemble no longer can lie just eventually has to come down and say fine i watched the video 10 minutes ago yeah and i watched about five minutes of it yeah is so, that what you wanted to hear i could have said that at it, the first start but you forced me during a bathroom break yeah. i watched a little bit <laughs> and I had urine blasting out of me whilst mm-hmm. I watched this fucking video. Um, pretty grim. Pretty grim. Yeah. So the last couple of clips that I have here uh, from these depositions uh, are is the most upsetting thing I think I heard. Other than Wolfgang Halbig's emails. Those are deeply, deeply disturbing. Um, but uh, Daria, when she was giving her deposition... She's asked about uh, Wolfgang Halbig had sent to InfoWars a picture of the uh, Sandy Hook choir that sang at the Super Bowl uh, that year. And uh, the argument was that the kids who were quote unquote killed at Sandy Hook were in the choir and it was like rubbing it in America's faces because it was a false flag and and all this. And so this got sent to InfoWars. And then someone at InfoWars, I believe it might have been a Don Salazar, wrote back, thank you. Yeah. He, he thanked uh, Wolfgang for this email. And so this this image becomes a little bit of a bizarre jumping off point for, again, Daria testifying on behalf of the company. You would, if somebody sent you this while you were doing reporting, you would thank them for it? I don't know. It depends on the circumstances. Okay, well, the circumstances... I wasn't there when Nico was having this exchange, what information he had at that time. Well, I'm asking you, what if you had this information? A picture that says at the top, 10 Sandy Hook children found alive and well, and then the Super Bowl choir in front of millions of people. Would you look at that and go, man, I'm glad that he sent me that. Personally, I would rather think that those kids were alive than than having because the tragedy of kids being murdered for no reason um, the innocence of those children who didn't deserve what that that kind of fate I would hold out hope to the, the last bit of my soul hoping and praying that that picture was that that was something that be possible for those kids to be alive so is that how you would you would see that robert no uh no (laughs) um that's that's a weird that's a weird call for her to make i mean she must have just that has to have been in the moment right that that's not so. calculated that like you would not calculate and arrive at that as like your your decision 
Oh no, totally. I I mean I remember this clip and the thing that I liken it to uh is like that John Ronson psychopath test uh uh story, you know, it's like a psychopath goes to a funeral and meets somebody that they're romantically interested in and so in order to meet them again, they kill somebody else mm-hmm. because they meet that person at funerals, you know, like yeah. it's a very logical thought process so long as you have absolutely no empathy or or concept of other human beings being valuable. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. How how can something this fucked up actually be a good thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're like, there's no way that a human being could react like that. Yeah. And, and and hearing that, you you'd think that like, well, she's just saying that and it's just gonna be a eh, she kinda sticks on that that uh on that tip and, and stands by this, it seems. So if you think about it, from your point of view, yeah. if you think about it, if the parents, if my clients saw this picture they should give them a lot of hope, right? They should they should react really positively to this with a lot of hope inside, right? Objection form. Is that what you're saying? I'm not those parents. I'm looking at it as an outsider. And I would much rather, and I don't know a person with a heart, would rather think, would rather believe that the kids are dead versus that the kids might be alive. So- I would say it's reasonable for a person with a heart to have that sort of optimism, as it's, as I'm I'm sure Alex wanted to believe that those kids, if there was any possibility oh boy. that the kids were not dead, <laughs> then he was going to grab onto it because that's a much better proposition to have in your heart and mind than to to realize that they weren't. So Alex Jones, according to how the company views things. In terms of your Sandy Hook coverage, Alex Jones said the kids didn't really die, and they were really alive, in part because he has such a big heart and a lot of hope and optimism. Correct? Objection yes. form. Okay. He's a dreamer. Objection form. <laughs> he's not the only one. <laughs> oh, God. Some have said Alex Jones is a dreamer. <laughs> Yeah, I found that to be the most disturbing thing in the, the at least as an idea in mm, the right. in the depositions that um, saying that the kids weren't dead and that they were being paraded out to sing at the Super Bowl is an expression of love and optimism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's disturbing. Pretty, pretty bleak. I mean, wouldn't you really hope? that nagasaki was a false flag right like don't you mm-hmm. want to believe that no one would really drop a nuclear bomb on a city and so i think that's why it's a good idea to just deny that anybody died mm-hmm. yeah why would you want to believe cancer's real totally if yeah if, if it's anyone a conspiracy. with a heart yeah. anyone it, with it, a heart would assume would that all of medical science happen. is lying about cancer mm-hmm. in order to keep us in fear yeah it is a pretty fascinating <laughs> The, the thoughts that had to have occurred in her head <laughs> to to wind up saying those things yeah um it, it would be amazing to be inside that little brain just just watching those connections pop together just i mean could you not could you not see yourself being like held underwater by daria and her being like Listen, I can't believe how good it is that I'm strangling you and mm-hmm. drowning you to death right now because of how nice I am as a person. 
Leaving Jordan's fantasies aside. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think Was it's, that a fantasy? Maybe. Well, I did make a cuck reference earlier. <laughs> you did. You did. There is an element to it, too, that's added that is that, you know, someone had these thoughts, decided this was going to be the angle we're taking, mm-hmm. doubled down on it, and that also happens to be someone who's a higher up at InfoWars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they chose to be their corporate representative testifying for the company. It's not like this is the first time she's had some kind of a messed up weird. It sure uh, is not. Don't oh, no. thought like it's 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 wild. The 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 glimpse that you get through these depositions is just such a harrowing picture of people who are so disrespectful to the very idea that they did something wrong or the, mm. the organization did something wrong. And I think that they're really valuable uh, glimpse into that. Uh, and what we're going to see in the near future is very likely some some interesting developments over the course of the um, uh, the cases as yeah. they come to fruition. I think we'll we'll see yeah. uh, so even and some more information come out, I would yeah. assume. Wow. Well, boys, Robbie, <laughs> men, I really feel like. We've all transitioned it's, from it's always, boys it's lovely, to men. That coffee lovely, didn't work. It's lovely <laughs> to have you in the position where you're not usually in. You know, when you finish mm-hmm. your script, usually your guest is like, Jesus fucking Christ. Did mm-hmm. you know that we're on a show called Behind the Bastards and this guy's a real bad dude? You know, I, one of my favorite things to do to relax is to watch videos of people Uh, attempting and to cut down trees and Mm -hmm. generally fucking up in a major way and usually these videos are like that's why sometimes a great notion is my favorite novel (laughs) i don't understand that joke (laughs) oh ken ken kesey never mind oh okay um (laughs) i've only read a uh uh oh wait no that's not ken kesey he's just in it never mind i was thinking of tom wolf um but i I like watching these because you'll see like somebody making this chain of decisions where okay i have this very tall tree it's like 200 feet tall and it's right in front of my house i don't want to pay for someone i'm going to remove it on my own i'm going to winch myself up on top of it i'm going to have my kids hold onto ropes to try to pull it to the right side and i'm going to cut the area above me that my like line is attached to and then everything goes wrong and they wind up like impaling themselves on a chainsaw and And i'm going to deep Fry a frozen turkey at the yeah, same time. Yeah, at the same time. It's <laughs> it's like that. It's just like this string of, wow, none of you, you didn't think through what the next step of this was going to be because you just kind of figured it would go away. Because n- none of this, none of this feels in any way calculated. Um, it's too incompetent for that. And it's going too badly for to them for that. It's just like they, they weren't aware it's like watching someone learn about gravity uh, as they fall <laughs> off a mountain. <laughs> well, I mean, the, I, the incompetence is the manifestation of it. But there is a strategy, yeah. and that strategy is coming to an end now. The strategy yes. is the kicking the can down the road, appealing delay, things. Delay, delay, delay. Yeah. yeah. And so there was like a legal strategy that clearly was being employed. I even saw it with uh, Alex in the Connecticut deposition recently where he pretended he was sick and yeah. couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an attempt to delay the inevitable. Yeah, and I really don't. I mean that that gravity analogy is good, except for there's this other part where it's like, sure, 
this is their first time learning about gravity because they've been jumping off a thousand foot buildings for years and having no consequences for it. You know, well, they're landing, landing on their listeners. Totally, totally. So they they've got this such a comfortable landing every time they fall so hard that they're like, why am I bouncing and bleeding on the sidewalk right now? I've been bouncing. I've been flying the whole time, you know? Mm. Woo! Podcast over. <laughs> Everyone, go home. You guys want to plug your pluggables uh, while we all sit and think about? Well, what? I actually, first, Dan, what do you think is going to happen next? Are they gonna Are they gonna lose all their money? Um. Yeah, I'm fairly confident it's gonna. He's gonna lose a lot. I think it's it, gonna be. It a seems pretty... like it couldn't be like. A lot of times you get these things where it's like, oh, yeah, the bad guy lost a case. And then it's like, oh, and they get a slap on the wrist. Fine. Like the Sacklers, where it's like, well, that's not going to hurt them in any way. Mm -hmm. But this doesn't feel like that. I think that Alex isn't in great financial straits to begin with. Like, Mm -hmm. I think he's uh, Infowars is fairly precariously balanced on a ledge. Um, And then, uh, yeah, I think I think he's going to get hit with a pretty I mean, you have cases in Texas, Connecticut. The Fontaine case still being active. Uh, there's there is a number of blows he's going to take, and he's already you know squeezed his audience pretty hard in terms mm-hmm. of what he's able to to make uh, that way. I think I think I wouldn't be too surprised if he's um, asking to do a podcast uh, yeah. on a network soon. I think, well, and, I think and we'll be happy to have him. Um. <laughs> I think there's no doubt that the goal is to bankrupt him so he can mm-hmm. never do the show again whether nice. or not they succeed in that goal is uh you know up, up in, in the, the air, the air. Yeah. but that is that does seem to be like here's what we're gonna shoot for and if we negotiate down from there it's gonna be fucking close you know if that i kind think of, thing. of the sentence that would be just for him he'd be hooked up to a little buzzer that could deliver like a, a, a shock that didn't hurt, but like stopped him from whatever he was doing. Mm. And then he would be forced to host a daily podcast on the show 90 Day Fiance, where yeah. if he ever attempted to say anything that wasn't directly about the show, he'd get a little buzz. So he, he had to just actually watch. It doesn't matter what reality show, but every day he has to watch and comment on that show without talking about anything else, without getting into politics, is, without getting into personal theories. Is he allowed to be racist about contestants and uh, people on the show? Because then he could do it. No. We're going to say no I've racism. I've got a counter too. for you. I've got mm-hmm. a counter for you. All right. Two words. Wicker man. Three okay, additional words. Not the bees. Not the bees. <laughs> not the bees. I always I always kind of fantasized about like a fitting punishment. I would I would agree to this if the price was right. Mm. Um but Alex continues doing his show, but he has to do it with me sitting at the desk with him. <laughs> no, wait, <Yeah>. Alex. Alex. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> gonna, need to, gonna need to throw a flag on that play. Yeah, yeah. Basically has to submit to me uh mm-hmm. being like uh no 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 no. No 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 no. And that would make InfoWars the first show to last more than 24 hours a day. (laughs) Yeah, probably. We would have to go into leap time so you could properly do your job. Uh, Well, now, 
You guys want to plug your pluggables before we roll Oh, out? that's right. We were going to sure. do that. Yeah, uh, we have a website. We do. It's knowledgefight.com. We're also on Twitter. We are on Twitter. It's mm. at knowledge underscore fight. And I go to bed, Jordan. Mm. Uh, as is my want for the second episode of a Behind the Bastards. Do you have uh, another cake song? I will admit that I did write a book. Uh, it's at thequietpartloud.com. You can find it. It's free. Yeah. Um, And you can find me nowhere because I exist only in the ethereal plane where thoughts and feelings and audio clips of Alex Jones being deposed. Live. Right. There's Amitabha, Buddha, and then there's you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just okay. serenely hovering over the knowledge <laughs> sphere. <laughs> All right. Bam. Hey, America. And to a lesser extent, Canada. Um, this is Robert uh, and Dan from hey. Knowledge Fight. We have excised Jordan for his sins. <laughs> um, so we we just had, we recorded this. I think we say the date in episode one a while ago, right? That's mm-hmm. just the way bastards works. It's, you know, there's a backlog um, that Dan graciously helped me extend. But some shit has happened in yeah, the it, ensuing it, weeks. It felt like this was something that was evergreen and you could just have it sit on a shelf. Most of it be- is. Yeah. Just talking about Alex Jones and his uh, his dumb troubles, but uh, turns out curveballs. Yeah. So let's let's get into those curveballs because I mean, obviously, everything you've said about him is still accurate. It's just that some new shit has happened vis-a-vis, particularly the court cases that yeah. have changed the landscape a little. Since this uh, this episode has uh, to particularly do with the legal stuff. Um, it is a little embarrassing just to uh, look back. I remember that I think I think we said that uh, Jordan and I were about to fly out to Austin for the trial right before we recorded the episode. And uh, the tragic, day- which means you have not had good barbecue in a very long time. That is true. Chicago has good food, but and some good barbecue, maybe. Allegedly. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, um, I think it was like the day after or two days after we recorded it, uh, Alex had his, uh, his whole bankruptcy thing, uh, that uh, ended up uh, postponing the trial. And so we never ended up going. And since then, everything has just been a complete, uh, uh, chaotic mess, uh, with the case. So we could, honestly, we could do a whole nother episode about what's happened in the case since we recorded this episode. Uh, we, I'm sure we will at some point, but we'll yeah. let, let it all shake out. So, but yeah, as of mid-April, mm-hmm. this is this is yeah. fairly accurate. accurate. Yeah. Well, uh, cool. Anything else? No, I just wanted to uh, yeah. put that caveat on well, uh, because otherwise I just would feel so self-conscious. And, yeah, yeah, it's OK. I feel self-conscious all the time. Um, about things that I say and then other things happened. But it's, 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 you know, how could how, you can't be expected to predict the legal uh, proceedings of Alexander Emmerich Jones because they're, they're, they, they, they do not proceed the way any reasonable person would want them to, right? Yeah. Like if, you're, if you're just trying, if you're assuming Alex is a rational actor taking steps in his own self interest, you'll be constantly surprised by how he handles his court cases. <laughs> Yeah, he has a, a a warped sense of his own self-interests that just game theory refuses to uh, calculate. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to return you to your previously scheduled episode already in progress. And we are also going to unlock the shadow dimension where we've thrown Jordan <laughs> while we record this. Um, for him, a thousand years has passed uh, of, of unbelievable torment. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
Behind the Bastards is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.